You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We're going to get the show started with our grateful moment. Philip, what are you grateful for this week? Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm grateful for... uh, for my children and my daughters, they're so close knit. And not often you see the siblings not uh, competing in each other, but uplifting each other. And I thank God for them. Uh, they must have got it from their mother's side. So I thank God for my children. <laughs> they definitely got it from their mother's <laughs> side. Um, Kelvin, what are you grateful for? Hey, what's up everybody? I am grateful that black folks didn't act a fool this week. Um, I heard about the Trump rally down in DC. And uh, it was just, it was another divisive um, event. And, um, you know, I'm glad that black folks didn't go up there and start fighting and start riots or anything like that. We kept our composure, let people do what they do. So I'm just grateful that uh, we had some common sense this week. Awesome. Evan, what are you grateful for this week? So a couple of things. I also want to add that more often than not, white people write more than black people do. Black people write every once in a while, but ours is just seen as like the worst possible thing ever, although I don't know <laughs> anyway, um, I'm grateful for two things. One, I'm grateful my wife, she had a birthday, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, Friday. So we were able to celebrate um, years of life. Um, and then I'm grateful this sound crazy. I'm grateful that there's at least a, a, a vaccine that's looking promising uh, so that we can kind of get out of quarantine a little bit soon. Not, 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 not now. So for all those who are out there partying and ruining uh, the collective future of America, stay home. But, um, but happy we're able to kind of um, see some light at the end of the tunnel. I hear that. Evan, you take the vaccine first and let us know how that goes for you. <laughs> All right. Um, Keon, what are you grateful for? Um, yeah, thank. Uh, I am grateful for uh, you know a number of things. I'm grateful for for my family. Grateful for the, this time that you know, um, kind of being in quarantine. We're, we're planning on um, traveling to visit my in laws uh, in a couple of weeks. So with that, we've been you know in the house and quarantine and I'm just grateful for the time spent with my wife and kids. Um, in particular, this past week, my, you know, with my kids are doing uh, the virtual school and, you know, it's been good. Like, you know, we've been seeing some, some good results and something that was kind of touching to me, my son, my oldest, uh, you know, he got like results from the, the first term, um, so his grades and, you know, he got the, the highest, you know, got A's in, in all the highest grade. He's only in the second grade, but, um, you know, grateful for that, just in the sense that I really push him and I push both of them and him in particular, like I'm always on him about like, you know, whenever you do work, you know, and, you know, having them here at home, I've been really able to like, you know, kind of put this in them, but I want them to strive to be perfect, you know, realizing that we can't be but you know if you fall short it you know it'll be close to it and I think you know it was good to see like you know him kind of understanding you know once he got his grades and you know his 
his remarks from his teacher, um, kind of what, you know, what I've been talking to him about. And I think it was like eye opening for him to see that, okay, yeah, this is what daddy's saying. Like, you know, I can work hard and, and you know, really, um, you know, try to be perfect and, you know, can come close to it. So, uh, so I like that, that, nice. that touched me this past week. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm grateful for a lot of things. I'm grateful for life first and foremost. And I'm grateful that um, every day I wake up, I get to do the thing that I absolutely love the most, my passion um, and my career. Um, but since I didn't record last week, I am so grateful that Joe Biden is the new president <laughs> of the United States. I couldn't be more thrilled. Um, and I'm super excited that Georgia had a, a big role to play in that. You know, with the Atlanta Falcons, there's not much to celebrate in Georgia, but I'm so happy that they came through um, and turned blue. So I'm super, super grateful for that. <coughs> Philly too. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all definitely, as a matter of fact, I think Philly, um, that county, I don't know what county that is, really carried the state, right? Yep, Philadelphia County. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's good to have these teams relevant, um, these cities <laughs> relevant in some way, right? Because it's clearly not sports. Oh, boy, let's get to the interview. Um, so let's jump right into our interview. We are so excited to have um, a special guest with us today. His name is Keon Wees. Um, he is currently a scout for the San Antonio Spurs. He is also um, a former athletic trainer with the Orlando Magic. And we are super excited to have him on the show with us today. Um, Keon, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, I just want to say thank you guys for having me on the, the podcast. This is a, you know, great forum and, um, you know, I'm excited that I could spend some time with you guys today. Uh, but about me, um, you know, as you said, I, I currently work for the Spurs. Uh, prior to that was with the Magic. Um, so, you know, to run it all the way back, you know, growing up, I, I grew up in Philly, um, you know, Philly born and bred. Uh, my parents, I was the first in my family um, born in the States. And so my, my parents immigrated from Jamaica. Um, and that's something that, you know, I, I hold dear as well. Um, so, you know, coming up, you know, I, I kind of got, you know, the Philly in me, the, the Jamaica West Indies in me. And with that, you know, it's, you know, the way I see it, you know, hard work, which is, which pushed me through. Um, you know, from a young age, was really interested in sports. Uh, my, my pop got me really involved. Um, and I think, you know, just knowing his history, like when he came to the States, he, you know, it was a way for him to kind of get, you know, kind of get down with the culture and being up there in Philly. And it's such a, a rabid, you know, sports town. Um, and so, you know, I grew up with um, being able to, to spend time with my, with my pop um with with sports as a backdrop um and so that really impacted me uh, with with my career choices uh and, and what i wanted to do so you know that was early on um you know i went to uh i said i went to high school in Finley, uh 
engineering and science. And then I went from there on to the University of Maryland uh, for undergrad as well. I, I got a graduate degree in sports medicine from Temple University. Uh, and from Temple University, I had the opportunity to work as an intern um, athletic trainer uh, with the Orlando Magic. And that was 2002. I spent uh, 17 seasons with the Magic from there. And then, um, you know, with that, I was able to kind of change career paths. And, you know, um, you know, currently where I am, which is, is working with, in the front office, uh, working with the scouting department with the Spurs. So Keon, I, I'm, I could brag on you a little bit because I know how how elite you are um, and everything that you do, but particularly I, I was, I remember watching you on the sideline in Orlando and just thinking like, man, I'm so proud of this guy, man. But um, the question is what attracted you to basketball in particular? I know you, they might know, the viewers might not know that you, the listeners might not know that you played some basketball too. I remember your game, you had a nice game. Um, what attracted you to basketball? You when did you realize? <laughs> when did you realize that, like, you know, I want to do this, uh, um, be a, be in the sports medicine field? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. You know, I appreciate you saying that. You know, I was, you know, I, I try to. I think I was okay, but, you know, and looking back, um, you know, I, I was more so. You know, like I said. Um, First, what attracted me to sports medicine, like I, I really didn't know, but as I said, I was, my father started taking me to Eagles games uh, when I was about 10 years old. Um, and he had got season tickets to the Eagles and we would go to the games and I was young and I was just always really enamored with kind of the, the atmosphere and everything surrounding the game. Like, I think, you know, at 10 years old, like I wasn't really into the game, but just, being there um, at the vet, you know, which was just, you know, eye opening, you know, how crazy that was. And then, you know, in watching the game, I was just, for whatever reason, I was always drawn to like what was going on on the sidelines. Um, and, you know, with that, I, I just would always see, you know, somebody would get hurt on the field, you know, a guy would come out and talk to him a little bit, and then they take him to the sideline and, you know, you don't know what they're doing, but they're doing all types of things. And, you know, 12 plays later, you know, that guy was going back out onto the field. And I just always thought that that was pretty cool. Like, you know, somebody, a regular guy could, you know, do whatever he was doing and, and help somebody in that manner. And it was so like, you know, kind of instant, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it was somewhat amazing to me as a child. And, and I, I just remember, you know, that, that always stuck, stuck out to me. Um, and then, you know, kind of growing up, like I said, you know, I, I played ball, played, you know, a, a handful of sports and, you know, in Philly at the time, there were a number of, you know, really good ball players, you know, um, and one in particular, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, we same made, so it's kind of like, you know, we played and, you know, I was playing in these leagues and, you know, working out, um, you know, and you know, around the city playing, you know, pick up in various places. And, you know, I just remember, you know, at that point, you know, in high school, you know, seeing him and not just him, there were other guys as well, but, you know, just seeing like how good they were. And like, to me, that was kind of another thing where it was just like, all right, like I'm really not even close to where these guys are. Um, 
So let me kind of switch up and switch focus. And, you know, at that point, you know, high school, you know, I just thought about a way that I, I, I could still be involved um, and still, you know, I, I really liked the game, um, basketball, football, both. And so when I went to college, um, I seeked out an opportunity uh, to work as an athletic trainer. I didn't know what an athletic trainer was. It's not like we had athletic training in high school. Like my school didn't have an athletic trainer um, back then. And so, you know, I just knew that, you know, when going to all these Eagles games, that there were people out there that, that helped these athletes. And then when I went, got to college, um, you know, I was able to kind of ask around and um, that led me to the athletic training room at the University of Maryland. Um, and, you know, I went in as a freshman and, you know, spoke with the, you know, I basically went in to say, you know, I, I'm trying to learn more of the, the profession and, you know, they offered me an opportunity to, to observe and, you know, from there um, to, to volunteer, you know, to intern. Um, and so my, my first year at Maryland, I worked with the, the football team um, and, and got some experience under my belt and I really liked it. Um, and then had an opportunity uh, my junior year to work with the, the basketball team, the men's basketball team. Um, and this was 98, 99. Um, and we had a really good team, man. We were number two in the nation. Um, you know, we had a, a number of pros on that team. You know, Steve Francis, Terrence Morris, Sabina Kesey, Leron Prophet, you know, younger guys like Juan Dixon uh, was a freshman. Um, and, uh, you know, so with that, you know, I just, that was kind of the, the point where it clicked for me. I had these guys who would be going on to play in the NBA. And, um, you know, I felt that, you know, if I continue to, to work that, you know, I could, you know, do what I was doing as far as athletic training and, and make it to the league, so to speak, as well. Um, so, yeah, University of Maryland, you know, they, they kind of really formed a vision for me that, you know, I could make it to the league as an athletic trainer. And, and that's what I set out to do. Wow, that's great. And um, yeah, I want to ask you, being a West Indian, and we have this mindset, work hard to achieve. And what lessons have you taken from your father, which seems to be a, a, a valuable part of your life, and your West Indian heritage, and bring it to the league, because you must have some type of work ethic that allows you to achieve thus far and continue to grow. Yeah, certainly. Um, man, uh, you know, you, you said it and, you know, not only my father, you know, I don't want to cap it there, but, you know, my, my, my mom as well, you know, my other family members, um, you know, really just instilled in me that, you know, anything is possible, um, you know, and, and knowing their story, you know, to kind of think back and, you know, as I got older and understood like, you know, what they kind of, you know, did. I mean, you know, my parents, um, you know, moved, you know, neither had been off the island to the point where when, when they moved to the States um, and, you know, just got up and went and, you know, <laughs> and were able to make a you know, yeah, uh, you know, able to make, a, you know, a good life, you know, gave me and my sister, you know, a good life and were able to provide. And um, and so, you know, we, we never, you know, kind of went wanting anything. And with that, you know, I was able to, to see that, 
you know, if you have a vision, um, you know, it's just you, you put the work in and, you know, you should be able to achieve it. And, you know, that that was something from, you know, early age was instilled in me. And, you know, um, it's something that I live by. Uh, I just think that, you know, I, it's, you know, you see it, you know, you see opportunities, um, you, you see in your mind, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, you kind of figure out the means to, to get it done. And, and, and that, that's it, you know, simple, really. Keon, uh, my name's uh, Evan. Um, thanks once again for being on the show. Um, so you went as athletic trainer, but what about you helped him say, hey, he's not just an athletic trainer. He should also be a scout. We should, he, he needs to scout. So how do you end up being athletic trainer and a scout? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's rather unique. Um, man, you know, I spent so many years as an athletic trainer. Um, and so, I mean, th there's a lot that, that led me up into that, that point early on. Um, you know, what I found, like I, there were things that I thought were gaps in the way that we, you know, and this was me with the magic at that time, uh, there were gaps in, in what we were doing to assess talent, incoming talent, you know, um, and just from a, you know, a functional movement standpoint. Um, so kind of a, a story that encapsulates that, you know, early on when I was an intern, actually, um, we had a guy, he was a rookie on the team. He was a first round pick and he wasn't playing much. This was back in 2002, um, which, you know, we were a solid team. Um, but he sprained his ankle during practice and it was like prior to a West Coast trip um, the team was gone for, you know, say like 10 days or so. And during that time, you know, they gave me free reign to, you know, kind of rehab him to get him right. You know, he basically gave me 10 days to, to get him back together so that when the team came back, you know, he would be, you know, close to practice or whatever. And, you know, during that time, you know, I took him through some, some rehab, some exercises, and we got to a point where we were doing some stuff on the court. And, uh, you know, it was in that moment, like, like I asked him to, you know, there was a drill where, you know, we basically run down and cut and we were basically cutting off of both feet, right leg, left leg, and, you know, making sharp cuts. And, and I noticed, you know, like he couldn't push off and this was the uninjured leg at the time, but he you know, he was guarded in the steps and he really had these compensatory mechanisms with his pushed off going one way. Um, and so with that, you know, I, I kind of brought him after the workout, you know, brought him in the training room and, and, and broke down just like, you know, kind of his, his functional assessment is, is what we call it. And, um, you know, that led me to see that he had some underlying things. Um, he had a, a structural issue with his left hip, let's say, compared to his right hip, which limited, you know, his ability to make certain movements, you know, um, on the court. And, you know, this was something that, you know, it's structural. So, it, it, you know, really, you know, we could work all we want, but it wouldn't change. It was just the way his body was built. And so when the team got back, you know, he, he we got him back, he was able to practice. And, you know, I remember talking with, um, our GM at the time, and, you know, I was just telling him, like, you know, I took him through this thing, you know, I really found it interesting, you know, that, 
you know, he has this underlying issue, you know, was this something that, you know, that anybody ever discussed? And it was just like, well, no, you know, it was just like, you know, and so that was kind of the first thing that, that, that kind of got the ball rolling as far as in my mind thinking like, man, well, this could be something that, you know, if front office personnel knew um, these types of things that maybe, you know, that would sway them to pick this guy versus another guy or know that, you know, this guy may be limited in this aspect. Like, you know, when you watch a game and you see a guy and, you know, he looks slow, you know, is he slow because his body is, you know, structured a certain way that limits him with like moving quickly laterally, or is it, you know, just, you know, he's weak, you know, he doesn't have power to push off things of that nature. So yeah, it, you know, things like that, you know, were kind of at the time, you know, my situation where I was at, you know, I think it was, it was untapped into. Um, and so that was the genesis of it. And then, you know, moving forward, like I said, you know, I was athletic trainer for so many years. Um, so, you know, with that, a lot of games, you know, um, regular season playoffs, summer league. And, um, you know, I just always found it like it was always fun to me to kind of especially like with younger players, you know, kind of summer league guys, like we used to host the, the summer league in Orlando um, and we would have like eight teams, um, 10 teams, I think one year. Um, and so with that, I would be there all day, you know, as an athletic trainer, helping out, you know, the other teams coming in. Um, but, you know, to kind of keep my mind you know, busy, you know, I would watch all the games and, and really just kind of break down, you know, some of these incoming guys and then just give like, you know, in talking to some of, you know, the, the people in our front office, like just my impression of what I think about this player and that player, etc. Um, and so with that, you know, I kind of kept this running, you know, scouting report, let's say, of, you know, what I saw. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I was kind of spot on, on, on a handful of guys, you know, both ways. And, and that was, you know, something I was able to down the line say, you know, these experiences, this insight, you know, I, I think would be helpful. And, 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 that, and that's what, you know, that's what it was. That's awesome. And I want to just take a quick pivot back to your days as an athletic trainer, um, for the magic a little bit. And I noticed kind of reading your bio, you, you know, you started as um, an intern there, then you went to assistant and then you went up um, to head, um, which is amazing. And so for any of our listeners that may have um, kids that want to pursue this particular area, um, I guess what kind of tips or advice would you give to be able to make those transitions upward like you have wow yeah it, it was uh you know I, I was fortunate enough like i said I, I got the opportunity out of grad school um but i didn't really i can't say i got the opportunity like i you know kind of each step of the way i i, I kind of forced the issue um so, you know, when I, when I was done with grad school and I was a grad assistant at, at Temple, so, you know, I was a certified athletic trainer at that point. I, I had a couple years experience. Um, you know, I applied basically to all the, the, 
the open internship positions in the league. So every team, um, the Magic was the one team that got back to me and it wasn't for an athletic training position. It was for a position with the, uh, at their ability, it's also a member's gym. And they said, look, you know, we're, we're, you know, we, we've got somebody else hired for this athletic training role, but we like your resume. You know, if you're open to it, you can come down and work as like a personal trainer, working in the gym, doing like, you know, functional training with, um, you know, with members of the gym. And, you know, I saw it as an opportunity, like, even though it wasn't, you know, initially what I applied for, um, it kind of put me in the space. Um, and so when I got down there, part of the internship program was to, they had like these informational sessions with different people in the organization. Um, and one of which was the president of the company. And I was able to connect with him. You know, I, I sat in on his session. And after that, I, I just basically spoke with him directly and told him of, you know, my dream was to be an athletic trainer. And, and so, yeah, with that, you know, he, you know, just kind of liked, you know, my initiative in that, in that space. And then with that, you know, he was able to talk to the athletic trainer and then the athletic trainer basically put me on. So that was like the first step, you know, I, I kind of initiated that conversation, um, you know, and told them, you know, I think, you know, I'm experienced, you know, I had two years under my belt at that point and just felt like I could add value. I had, you know, some playing history and I, I worked with, you know, Maryland, like I said, it was a, a big time program. Um, and so, yeah, I, I forged that, that opportunity um, and then you know, I went through the year. And as I said, like, you know, I'm talking about like that, you know, that instance with, with the guy with the hip structural thing. Like, I think that, you know, I just was doing things to show them like, look, you know, I, I could provide value, you know, to the team, like, you know, and that, and I think that that was extremely important. Um, and so with that, yeah, I think that, you know, um, you kind of, you know, have to force the issue at times. Um, but, you know, don't sell yourself short, like, you know, know that you have value and, and be able to show it. Um, and then interestingly enough, you, you know, I can tell you it, when my internship was ending, um, you know, it's kind of a crazy story, but my internship was ending and, you know, I had interviewed for a position with LaSalle. I was going to be the, the trainer for the LaSalle men's basketball team. Um, and so I was supposed to start at LaSalle, say on a Tuesday, it was a, a holiday that weekend, I think uh, Labor Day. And I was finishing up everything in Orlando um, and the Friday before I was supposed to leave. So I was supposed to leave that Sunday to go back home, start working on a Tuesday to Friday. I just so happened to be in the locker room and this was another kind of instance where you, know, you, you speak things and, and you kind of force it. Um, but, you know, I, I just so happened to run into the same guy, um, John Weisbrod was his name, who was the president of the, 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 of the Magic at the time. And I said, you know, I just want to thank you, you know, for this opportunity I had, you know, I'm going up, you know, I'm, I'm going to start this new gig and, you know, I appreciate everything I learned so much, that type of thing. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, man, I, I didn't realize you were leaving. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, like I'm the intern, it's, it's over. Um, and then he was like, well, 
you know, how much are they going to pay you? And, you know, it was just like a conversation. And, you know, I was young at the time and I told him and he's like, well, you know, if we give you, you know, say 2000 more, would you stay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, you know. And then that happened. It was, you know, I never forget it. It was like two o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And by 2.30, the general manager at the time, John Gabriel, he came and he had, you know, like a contract and, it, you know, had everything, you know, benefits, salary, the whole thing. And I signed it, you know, but what was crazy, obviously I had this other job and the guy who was the trainer, it was his roommate at LaSalle who kind of, you know, interviewed me and he had this great relationship with and you know, I had to, you know, it was like two o'clock and I'm looking at the clock. I got to let them know. I got to call them. And, you know, it took me a little while. I ended up calling them and, you know, just basically said, look, you know, something unexpected happened. They, they offered me a position. And so, you know, I'm going to stay down here. And, you know, he was like upset with me. And, you know, the guy I worked with, you know, was I kind of felt like kind of like a negative vibe from him as well, because it's kind of like he felt he, you know, in his mind, I'm sure, like he set this up and I got this opportunity, but, um, you know, and I just kept saying like, anytime somebody says something, I'm just gonna say, you know, if you were in this position, what would you do? And I said that to him and he was like, yeah, no, nah, I get it. It's just, you know, it puts me in a bind and I was, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, clear vision, um, you know, and understanding that, um, you know, that, that whatever you're doing, um, you know, if you work at it, if, if you, you know, have value to give, then, you know, never let that, that go, you know, like always let that be understood that, you know, whatever career path you're choosing, um, you know, you're choosing it because you can provide value. And I think that that's, that's big, you know, for the people that the decision makers that make these, these opportunities come to light. All right, I think we probably gonna have like probably just two more questions left, man. Uh, I cool. can't keep you so long. Um, but one of the questions I had, a lot of people don't really understand, you know, the importance of um, like training um, the teams that you have, the training staffs and things like that for, uh, especially for the sports, but professional sports. But with you, I wanted you to just speak to a little bit the difference between you as the assistant trainer and you as taking a head role of, um, of being an athletic trainer over Orlando Magic. What's the difference right there? Um, yeah, the difference, I mean, you're in the same space where you're, you know, doing the same work. However, as a head athletic trainer, um, you know, you oversee the whole staff, so... Um, you know, the whole performance team. So, you know, you have assistants, you have physical therapists, you have strength and conditioning coaches um, and their assistants. Um, and so, you know, you're an extension of so many people um, as a head athletic trainer. Um, so from the medical side, you know, an of, of the team doctors, um, and, but from the team side, you're, you're an extension of the front office. Um, in a sense that, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is the athletes, I mean, they spend the most time with the, the training staff more so than anybody else in the building. Um, you know, more than the coaches, more than, I mean, more than anybody else. And, and what's unique about it is 
in the athletic training room, you know, it's a space that's, you know, kind of like a, you know, it's a sanctified space. It's, you know, it's a space where, you know, like prior to games in the locker room, there, there's media people in there, there's cameras, things of that nature. So guys aren't really, you know, open, you know, but when the training room and nobody's around, you know, there's no coaches, nothing of that nature, you know, the guys are really open. And it's just this place where, you know, you really get to build relationships with players, um, you know, and it's, you know, just organic interactions. And those things are, are really valuable, as you can imagine, like in an NBA season, I mean, it's however many days, you know, consecutive with games, travel, um, you know, treatment, practice, um, training sessions. And so you really get a chance to spend a lot of time with guys and with that you really have an opportunity to be really impressionable with them um, and that's one of the things that that I valued uh, in that role for sure. Uh, Keith, my, my last question and we're gonna try to wrap it up man but I, I have to have to have the list listeners know this now we're dealing with something a beast an unfamiliar beast called COVID-19 um, so everybody's dealing with this but you in particular being um, a scout now, um, is there any difference on how your approach was? I'm sure it is, but can you tell us the difference now uh, in approaching uh, a draft process or uh, free agent process versus uh, any other time in history? Yeah, uh, you know, the approach actually is same, is the same. Um, and uh, I mean, the, the ultimate, I mean, ultimately, I mean, it's information gathering. Um, you know, and so, I mean, the difference is that um, with COVID, you know, we were restricted with our, our traveling. So, um, you know, throughout the season prior to everything being shut down, you know, I, I would go around and, you know, I would hit, you know, a number of these teams and, and get to travel and, um, you know, some time with, with, with staff and, you know, um, and, and see live games. And there's things, you know, that in live games, sorry, um, you're able to pick up on that you can't really see over film um, just because, you know, when you're at a game live, you have a, a wide scope. Um, you know, you can see interaction between player and coach, you know, kind of like during timeouts, things of that nature. Um, so it's certain things like that, which, you know, um, you can't really study on film. Um, however, you know, I mean, you are still able to see a lot of games to, to you know, see a lot of a lot of the games and, and take that all in and, and, you know, make your assessments uh, via film work. So a lot more film, a lot more, you know, late nights, um, you know, let everybody go to sleep and then catch up on all these games. Sure. Um, so, you know, we get it done, you know, but it, it's just a little different with, you know, just not being able to, to travel and see live games. Awesome. Um, thank you for all of the insight you have provided. I feel like we have so many more questions to ask you, but for the sake of time, um, we will save that for hopefully um, the next time you agree to come on. Um, but before we end, um, was there anything um, you wanted our readers to know? Are you working on anything in particular? Do you want to promote any initi initiatives that you have going on currently? 
Sure. Um, well, first, yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, yeah. It's <laughs> I know it's uh, it's a lot, and you know, I, I spent a, a number of years. You know, so you know, I, I've seen a lot, been through a lot, and yeah, I'm I'm more than open to to coming back on. Um, you know, if you guys want to touch on some some other topics, uh, you know, here for that. Um, yeah, I am actually working on a project. Um, you know, I've been working uh, quite some time now on a children's book. Like I said, I've got two boys, um, they're seven and five. And that was, you know, kind of another thing, opened my eyes to um, what's out there. Um, and they're both into science and science related topics. So I was able to write a book, it's a children's anatomy book um, that, you know, kind of breaks down different processes of the body. Um, for kids and yeah, I'm currently working with publishing and, you know, I don't have a release date at this time, but um, it's something to be, you know, be on the lookout for, but um, it's a good project. I really enjoy doing it um, and yeah, it's coming together well, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Make sure you let us know once, you know, that is complete, we'll have you back on the show. Um, so our listeners can get like, you know, from the horse's mouth when it drops and, and how we can support, we're looking forward to, um, supporting that for you. Um, thank you once again for coming on. Um, uh, we are so excited that you agreed to, and we will definitely, um, be in contact, um, to have you on, um, hopefully in the next couple of months or so. Sounds good. Uh, I truly appreciate it. You guys do a bang up job. This is great. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.